It starts with an idea, then it's all about action. We're asking the hustlers, the action dreamers, the entrepreneurs, how to make it all possible. But this is all about keeping it real. Not everything is picture perfect, and we want to know about the struggle and the many sleepless nights that it takes to bring a business to life. They say we learn through our mistakes. Well, we're asking the experts so you don't have to. This is Commercial Free. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Commercial Free Podcast. Today we have a really, really close friend of mine, Natalie Spaeth, and we met in person uh, last, no, two weeks ago now, I think it was in Austin, Texas for our business breakthrough event. And that was probably the most life-changing experience for both of us and just so much growth happened. So Natalie, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Natalie. I had the pleasure of meeting Steven in Texas a couple weeks ago, and that was an epic experience, brother. (laughs) That was epic. So a little bit about me is I own a gym that I've owned for about six years now. Um, I live in the Midwest, and through COVID and the shutdown of our fitness facility, I decided that I knew I needed to pivot online because I didn't realize. I wasn't going to be able to control if I owned a brick brick and mortar or not. So I ended up bringing my fitness business online and started in 2020 as a fitness coach, which has now led me down the path of becoming a full mind, body, and spirit transformation coach. So that's a little bit about me. Thank you for sharing that, Natalie. So like, what has been, no, like, what was the inspiration for you going back a little bit to like open up your own gym before everything happened in, like in the start of 2020, like when you pivoted to online? Yes. So I actually had been overweight my entire life. And I could tell you that I probably spent, I couldn't even honestly anywhere upwards of five to probably $10,000 on every diet, every program, every supplement, every everything. And I got to the point where this facility came um, up for sale. And I was like, hey, if I own the damn gym, There's going to be no reason why I can't lose this weight. And so, so much money later, my husband and I ended up purchasing the facility. And of course, the first four years, nothing happened. No weight budged. I was a business owner. So I also, at that same time, had worked for my father's small oil company where we live. And it was just a constant battle of why can't I get this weight off? What is going on with me? Who am I? Fast forward a little bit. My husband and I got married. We ended up having a kiddo. And it was um, I was about nine months postpartum and it was about four years into me owning my gym, where I just eventually crumbled on the floor. I had jumped on the scale again. The weight continued to skyrocket. I had no idea why. I thought I was eating the right foods. I thought I was doing all the right you know, fitness programs. I thought I was doing everything I needed to do. But ultimately, it came down to me throwing my hands up in a moment of just pure surrender. I didn't know what else I'd could do anymore. I had all the certifications. I could tell you exactly how to move your body, exactly what style of foods to eat, how much protein you need based on blah, 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 blah. And it didn't matter. The information at that point didn't matter. What mattered was my mindset. And what mattered was me actually being able to trust surrender and just take it one step at a time. And from there, I ended up waking up the next morning on January 8th, 2020. So 
literally just pre-COVID. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to go for a walk. And it was about negative eight degrees outside. And I said, if I can walk outside in negative eight degree weather, I can walk outside when it gets warm. We have the most ridiculous seasons where I live. So it can be negative 45 and it could be 110 and hot and humid in the summer. So long story short, I ended up wow. <laughs> every single week doing one little thing more. I would put spinach on my egg McMuffin. I would start drinking more water. It was never this like balls to the wall. I'm going to, you know, buy another program and I'm going to do this massive diet and I'm going to lose all this weight January New Year's resolution. No, it was like, I'm going to take it one day at a time. And I'm going to trust that through my spirit, I, when I'm in front of the refrigerator or the pantry, I'm going to make the right choice to select the right foods that are meant to fuel my body. And I'm going to trust and listen to my body when she's calling to me when I decide if I need to move it, if I need to drink more water, if I need to fuel it. And so over time then within that first year, I was able to lose a hundred pounds. Now, mind you, COVID happened. So my gym shut down about three months into this journey and I kind of put my hands up in the air and I'm like, well, if that's not a universal test that I've ever seen, I don't know what is because now I don't have anybody around me pushing me. I don't have any of my motivation that I had before. So it came back to me again. So I would walk into my closed gym with the lights off, no electricity and throw my weights around in the dark as cops continued to drive by, making sure that I was still shut down. And I was still able in my head to know that I'm going to push through this. I'm going to push through this. This isn't going to be my life forever. We're going to be back open one day. And so then when I started to finally watch the weight fall off, because it wasn't, you know, people ask me all the time, what diet did you do? What workouts did you do? And I was like, it wasn't the diet. It wasn't the workout. It was my mind. And it was how I was able to overcome my thought processes, first and foremost, about what I was doing, but really about myself. And it was, how do I feel about me? in this moment. And so through that transition, I then decided to, Hey, we're pivoting online. We're going to start to try to bring some income in online and let's see if we can help other women through the same process. Cause if I can do it for myself, I've got to be able to do it for other people. And unfortunately we kind of live in a, in a world where there's a, you know, fitness influencer thing on Instagram and Facebook, where you see, you know, these women with these beautiful bodies, and now they're selling, you know, the 57 or $97 fitness program and join my six week challenge. And some people, a very small percentage of some people will see success through that, but the majority won't. And there's another $100 out the window. You know what I mean? And so it's like, let's actually get to the root of the problem of why we are here in the first place. And so through all of that, I decided to kind of shift my coaching um, at the beginning of 2021. I, I always get confused with the years these days too, because I swear to God, <laughs> yeah. I feel like 2020 to now has just been like one giant year. So I, bear with me when I get it's my all blended together. together. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. throughout that situation, <laughs> then I started to pivot and I was like, this is a full mind body transformation. And then I also had kind of more of an awakening moment back in the summertime. And I was, un I wasn't sure why I wasn't feeling good. I was, you know, I had lost a hundred pounds. I had a great looking body, you know, everything was starting to feel good, but there were so many other areas in my life. And what it came down to is I thought, Oh, once I lose the weight, I'm going to be happy. 
And that was the biggest proponent of realizing the next veil that needed to be lifted. And it wasn't just the weight. It was, what was my marriage like? What was my relationship with my child like? You know, I'm a new mom. I was staring out my, you know, beautiful bay window wondering why am I so unhappy? I have everything I wanted. I created this reality but why am I so depressed in this reality? And that led me down more of my spiritual journey. And through that then also shifted my business into another direction of really getting to the root cause, getting working down into the subconscious and pulling up and basically unpeeling the layers of constructs and societal you know, triggers and all of these things that we're told we have to or should do or are supposed to be. And I came back to figuring out who am I at the core root. And from there, everything is just kind of exploded. And I'm still in this beautiful phase of trust and surrender to whatever is going to come my way and know my worth and know my value and know that we're very powerful. You know, we don't have to go out in the world and fear. And so I basically have every time I feel a sense of fear, I lean in and I ask myself, what is this? Where is this coming from? And how can I push myself to that next edge? What is that next edge? And what does that look like for me? Now, this doesn't mean that I'm constantly go, go, go all the time. I'm, you know, doing all these crazy things, even though some people might look at my life yeah. like I am a little crazy, but to me, it just seems super normal, <laughs> like cold showers every day when it's negative 30 degrees outside, waking up at 4am every single morning. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's kind of led me to where I am today. And then that also gave me the pleasure of meeting you in Texas a few weeks ago. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. That's an incredible journey. And and I can tell you so many people are going to be able to resonate with that. I resonated with that, especially because like when I stopped swimming in college, you know, like I like kind of like lost like it's part of my identity in the way and then like trying to figure out who I was going forward, you know, and we learned about identity and how our like, feelings and like actions lead to an outcome, you know. And I remember when we were, well, you were actually speaking in front of a hundred uh, group of people and our group was up front. Uh, what was it like for you to, like just talk about how to overcome your thoughts and just like uh like not always have to be in like that full fuck yes and like grinding mode and like acknowledge that you're in a low energy state yes absolutely so a little backstory on that too is that you know we right now are afraid of feeling anything but this like high vibration positive hoorah happiness joy and if we don't feel that then there's something wrong with us and it's like We're still living in this beautiful human experience, brother. Like we have to understand that, you know, why is it that we have such a hard time expressing our emotions? Why is it that we feel balls in our throats when we want to cry either out of anger or sadness or frustration? You know, like maybe your boss yells at you at work and you literally want to cry, but you're holding back so tightly and then you go home and now you're just angry and you don't really know why. And it's because you're not allowing yourself that emotional release. And so when it comes to going back and understanding that, As children, you know, you think of a child, like a two-year-old, who is maybe throwing a tantrum because he didn't get, you know, the freaking purple Mm -hmm. cookie that he wanted, whatever, you know? And instead of me getting upset and saying, you're not supposed to cry over that, 
allowing him to feel and being like, yeah, baby, I know. I know you wanted the red cookie, but we're out of red cookies and now you get the purple cookie. And let him express his emotions however he feels he needs to express them. And I sit there with him and I just hold my arms open and I say, I'm here. You are safe. You are loved. You cry it out, babe. And I allow him to do that so that within about, it's a toddler, so 30 seconds to maybe five minutes max. He bounces right back and all of a sudden he comes, he gives me a big hug. I give him a kiss on the cheek and he's back to being bouncy and playful. But that's not how we were generally raised. You know, if you're out at a restaurant and your child is crying, what are we doing? We're, shh, don't do that. Shh, don't do that. Shh, you're being naughty. Shh, don't do that. That's not good. You can't feel because now we're insecure because we're getting nervous because of we're afraid of the judgment of other people around us at the restaurant. Oh my gosh, that person's going to think I'm a terrible person because my child won't stop crying. You know what I mean? So now if we look, take it back to that, we understand why we have such a hard time handling our emotions because we think that if we're feeling sad or angry, that there's something wrong when ultimately it's just a lower vibration. And when you can lean into that, when you can start to lean in and allow that to exist in your body, you can allow that emotion, which is just energy and motion to move through you without trying to stop it or compartmentalize it or to push it or suppress it, then you're able to expel it. So now when you go out into the world, let's say something similar happens that might've made you very emotional to begin with, but you allowed your body to express the way you wanted to. The next time that happens, it's not going to last as long, or it might not even last at all, or it might not even trigger you to begin with in the first place. So it comes down to leaning in and allowing yourself to be still in those moments when you're not feeling the greatest because your body's telling you something. It's always going to be telling you something like, Hey, we're not feeling this way for a reason. Like, can you sit and allow me to feel here? Can you sit and allow me to be, can you exist in this and know that there's nothing to fear? There's nothing to fix. And ultimately there's nothing wrong about it. It's just an emotional experience. And if you can allow that to be, It's going to ultimately make when you are in that happy, positive, high frequency that much better. So that's how I know that, yeah, sure, there's going to be days I wake up and I am not feeling it. And so I allow myself to sit in that not feeling it. You know, if I have something scheduled that day that's mandatory or I promised or I have a client or something going on, I'm always going to show up as me, but I'm always going to speak from my truth. So I'm going to be honest with my people and say, Hey, guess what? I woke up in a lower energy mood today. I just want to be honest with you right now. I'm not that like, hoorah, rah, go kick ass, blah, 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 blah. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about some feelings right now. And I'm going to open up that space and allow me to be me in every area of my life. Because ultimately, when I try to mold myself to other people, that's when I'm really starting to block my natural energy flow. And when I do that, then I'm definitely not feeling my full fuck yourself (laughs) moving forward. You know what I'm saying? No, I definitely know what you mean. Thank you for sharing that. And like, you know, like you talked about it before, like like pushing down emotions and everything. So like we actually did the opposite of this on, I think it was either day day two, no, day three or day four, when we walk through how to um, do like Wim Hof breathing. So like, what was that experience like for you? Because like, remember Dean, Dean, for everyone who's listening, Dean is one of our mentors. And he basically made us pull all the shit that was deep down inside of us right to the surface. Yeah. And like, just tell me what was that like for you? 
Oh my gosh. Transformational as always. So, um, breath work has been something that I've just kind of, I entered into last year. I would do meditations and I had done meditations throughout my life, but I was always like, what is this? I'm just breathing. I don't understand. Like nothing's happening. I'm not having any euphoric experience that people talk about, like whatever. So when we step in and we did the Wim Hof, which for those of you who don't know, is just like this master breath work artist who created this technique that really helps you be able to drop into your body and ultimately kind of actually drops you into your subconscious because in the way that we were doing it and the way that we were sitting and the way that we were kind of like contracting certain parts of our body to push energy around, we were able to allow our brain to release DMT. And DMT basically is that chemical. If you've ever heard of somebody having a near-death experience where they say like, oh my gosh, they had these just epic visions and blah, 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 blah. It's because when you're on the verge of death, your your brain is going to release uh, all of its DMT in your body. So what happens is this is a way to do it completely naturally just through breath work. And so while we are in this breath work meditation, I all of a sudden everything is black, everything is dark. And I asked the question of like, you know, what is there still like holding me back? Like what's still inside of me that I'm not even consciously aware of that might be holding me back in my business because I was kind of business focused um, that day. And all of a sudden I saw all of these, like, I used to have this dream when I was a little girl, I used to have a lot of night terrors. And in one of those night terrors, there would always be these little like creepy, have you ever seen the movie like, um, leprechaun? Like that scary old yes. movie, The Leprechaun. Okay. So it was always like these little leprechauns like chasing me down my parents' road. And that was, and they were trying to tickle me because I hate being tickled. And so that was always like a nightmare for me as a little girl. And so all of a sudden, when I get into that experience of the breath work in Austin, I all of a sudden see all of these little demon, like leprechaun looking things. It was like the scariest looking thing you could even freaking imagine. And I remember feeling like, massive fear. I was like, Oh my God, like that is my biggest nightmare. Like, what is this? And I said, I was like, God, what is this? Like, what is this? And he's like, here are all your demons. And I'm going to show you that you no longer need to be afraid. And one by one in this vision, every one of those little guys started to explode into like this big ball of light. And then all of a sudden towards the end of it, it was like, it went from like all these little exploding leprechaun looking demons to like this massive yeah. glowing bright light. And I ended up kind of falling backwards and I landed into one of our other beautiful mentors, Papa AL. Um, I ended up kind of falling into him, not like hard. It was just kind of like a graceful fall into his lap. And he just kind of put his hand on my chest And I just felt this like instant wave of just relief of serene of calm. But it was also like a flood of all of these emotions of just like allowing myself to just almost purge out that fear. And it was such a a, like mind blowing experience that gave me a massive revelation of a conversation I was meant to have with my father. And it was because I had asked the question about business. I had a hard time being able to have like these quote unquote tactical businessy like conversations when it came to something that I wanted, whether it was to, you know, move up the ladder or grow because I had worked for my dad for a really big portion of my life. I mean, we've been working since we were like 10 years old, cleaning gas station pumps and cleaning gas station toilets because the family owned convenience stores. 
And I remember there was a period where I always wanted more, you know, I had managed all the stores and then eventually I went into their office and I remember they would give me this task and within a matter of like 30 days, I was able to get all of the work done in like two hours. And so I finally would sit there and be like, I am so bored. Like, please tell me there is more for me to do. Like, what else can I do? How can I grow? How can I make more money? And ultimately I had a vision of just expand your mind. Exactly. Exactly. I just wanted to expand my mind. And ultimately, like I had a vision inside my head of like, maybe I can be the owner of this company one day. Now, mind you, this is the oil industry. So it's not necessarily Natalie's destined path because it didn't light my soul on fire. Okay. But I would go and I would try to have those conversations and it always felt like we would never address the actual root, you know, situation at hand. It would always be like, let's talk around it. And we never addressed it. And so at the end of the day, I always felt like I didn't know how to have those conversations well enough. And so after having this vision, after that being one of those like kind of flooding in moments, I, when we got back from Texas, I called my dad and I said, dad, I really want to have like a really great heart to heart because also something I learned in my family is like the, the saying is, and I got to ask you like, is it okay if we like use a little profanity on your podcast? (laughs) Oh, yeah. No. Yes. Yes, we can. We can. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure. I just want to be respectful of that. But like my family saying is don't say shit if you have a mouthful. So I grew up like, which basically means like, don't express your emotions. My mother would tell me like, it's so much better to be angry than sad. Like we just, no, no, I'm just done feeling today. Like we don't need to feel this anymore, which is completely pulling like ourselves apart. And we're human beings that have a mind and a body and a spirit all in one. And so now I'm like being taught not to listen to my body, not to trust my intuition, not to understand. And so I was able to have this beautiful conversation with my father and to kind of express some of those things. But I was coming from such a place of love. And it was like, all I wanted to do was hug and just be with my dad and just to finally be honest and speak my truth that I held onto for so long. And once I was able to do that, I mean, it was an amazing experience. And we both just started crying, beautiful tears. We hugged each other. He told me, I'm so proud of you. I love you. It was like everything that I always wanted to hear for the first time hearing it at 30 years old was like, whoa. And ever since that, I mean, that was only a couple of weeks ago. It's just been like, everything just feels like yeah. <laughs> falling into place and everything now is just starting to happen universally for me because I was able to release that block. And when I was able to step into that and I'll tell you, I wasn't excited to have the conversation with him. It scared me. I was like, how am I going to talk to my dad about this? Like, how am I going to tell him? Like, I just saw all these demons, like, you know, DMT breathwork experience. Like this man who lives in the Midwest who, you know, comes from a Christian family background. Like it, it was one of those moments where I'm like, he's either going to like think I am on a lot of drugs right now, or he's going to be very open-minded. <laughs> Bless his soul. He actually was that person that would always have like the wisdom and the metaphors and the analogies for life. And I never never ever really grasped that. We always would just like laugh at him and we'd be like, oh, there's one of dad's analogies. You know, if somebody was trying to overstep in the company, he'd be like, oh, and I just need to watch their own damn bobber. And we'd all laugh, you know, because we come, you know, fishing is big. Yeah. Up here. So it's like, but I was actually able to understand, like there was a lot of wisdom that he held in those analogies. And he was the person I had asked him like about a year ago, Hey dad, what would be like your most highly recommended book? Because I look at my dad as a very successful businessman. And he gave me his copy of Think and Grow Rich that was literally like shredded. I mean, pages ripped out. (laughs) That thing was used and abused multiple times. I mean, like ripped apart. And he like was handing it to me. He's like, Natalie, like, 
I can buy you like a new copy. I said, no, I want your copy because I know the energy that it holds to you. And so throughout my life, it was like, he always was reading, you know, self-development books or how to be a better business owner. He's, you know, very into loves to listen to like Tony Robbins and has my entire life. But yet I never saw that. And it took being in Austin, having the vision, having the revelation to be like, wow, like I thought I was more like my mother. I'm actually really, 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 really connected with my father. And that was a moment that I was able to like sit there and thank him. I was like, dad, thank you. Like, I don't think I've ever said thank you in my life for all of the teachings that you've given me that I've overlooked. And first I want to say, I'm sorry. It took me so long to see that, but I just want to say thank you because the love that I like now feel for all of this is just so much stronger. And so, yeah, it ended up being just an epic, beautiful experience. <laughs> so yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's it, it really is all about the experience. And like, what are your thoughts on like having the open mindset to receive those experiences? Because sometimes we could always block them out. And like you said, just not be open. Because like you said, at, you told me this at the, at the conference, like energy is never created or destroyed. It's only transferred, you know, and like we went down a couple of rabbit holes <laughs> after like one of the nights about how energy is transferred to different places. But like in the realm of like uh, just the mindset of it, like what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> Yeah, so... And I, I think that was so funny. I think I might have blew Steven's mind way too deep. We went down some pretty epic rabbit holes. But um, yes. so, yeah, so a lot yeah. <laughs> that were amazing. <laughs> a lot. Yes, there was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we won't go there today. But yeah, we had some pretty epic conversations. No, another day, maybe. <laughs> another day. Another yeah. <laughs> um, but it was so basically I look at it like this. So we've all been taught that everything is energy. OK, so like this mug that I'm holding is energy. All like this beautiful eagle crystal that I have next to me is energy. We are also energy. You know what I mean? So we look at that and we know that energy is never created or destroyed, only transferred. So when you kind of break down a little bit of like how miraculous we are, like we're not plugged into a wall. Okay. Like we can talk, we can breathe. We have all of these like movements within our body, yet we never look at how amazing that is. Like we are humans here on a planet, not plugged into a wall with electricity doing all of these things. And so what we learned was that when you look at, you know, a human cell, we've got the atom in there. And then within the atom has about 1.4 volts of electricity. Okay. So we have about 2 trillion cells in our body at all times. So when you do the math, we are about we have about 7 trillion volts of electricity running through us at all times. When you look at a lightning bolt, a lightning bolt, you would say is pretty powerful, has 4 trillion volts of electricity. We have 7 trillion volts of electricity. And I, I'm going to sit here and hold myself back because I'm afraid to ask Susie for a raise or I'm afraid to book the trip because I might, you know, do something or I'm afraid to like, it literally trumps fear in my entire mind. When I think I am 7 trillion volts of electricity and power, like we have this internal energy that we can actually create anything that we want and to simplify it, it goes back to your thoughts because even your thoughts are energy and they carry power within them. So our thoughts are going to create how we feel, which you can't ever control your first thought, but you always can control your second. You have the choice. So let's say like, 
prime example is like, I have anxiety. I was backing out of my driveway yesterday and my first, my husband had told me Mm -hmm. that the roads were slippery because we had gotten snow and then it froze overnight. So the roads were really icy. He's like, Hey babe, the roads might be slippery. My first thought was, Oh fuck, I hope I don't go into a ditch today. I didn't catch that. I did not catch that thought because I had yeah. so many other things going on. <laughs> I'm backing out of my driveway now. This was like the best case scenario. I'm trying to pick a song for my two-year-old because he's screaming he wants the dinosaur song for the 57,000th time. And I'm looking at my Spotify, backing <laughs> out of my driveway, and That's I live great. in the country, so there's not like I'm not coming onto a busy road or anything. And I go into my ditch, which is like a straight V with like three feet of snow, and I drive a Jeep, and I was stuck. And I am sitting there, and I am like, oh my goodness gracious. Like, First time I had ever been in a ditch in my entire life, and I have car anxiety. But my first thought was, holy buckets, I'm like, what if I go into a ditch? But if I would have actually created the awareness to that thought, I could have caught it and said, ho, 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 no, 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 because that's just my ego, because it's fear. It's just my ego, because it's fear. I didn't catch her. So guess who ended up in a ditch? <laughs> Literally, probably like 45 <laughs> minutes after that thought even ran through my brain. So that's how powerful our thoughts are. But we can actually change the trajectory. So if you're constantly feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough, or let's just say like you want to lose weight, but you're constantly telling yourself, oh, it's my genes, or oh, I'm born with this body, or oh, I'm big boned, or oh, I'm never going to have the motivation like she does, or oh, that person's just so lucky, or oh, I have two, you know, I don't have enough time, quote unquote, to be able to do those things. Well, of course, then you're never going to do it because that's how you're thinking. But if you can catch yourself thinking those thoughts and decide, no, 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 we have the power. I can actually have the motivation. I do actually have the time. I am going to make it a priority. Then what's going to happen is now you're going to start to feel something throughout your body and you're feeling It's just energy emotion. It's just your emotion. So you can tap into where is that emotion occurring right now? Is it in my heart? Is it in my stomach? Is it in my throat? Where is that moving throughout my body? And pay attention to it. Focus on it. Because you're going to be wherever you focus, we all know where focus goes energy flows. And let's, let's be honest. We live in 2022. Everybody wants more energy because everybody is like overworked, under like nourished, nobody's getting the right amount of sleep they're supposed to need all of the things. So what does everybody want? First thing I hear, especially from women, I just wish I had more energy at night so I can, you know, play with my kids. I wish I had more energy so I could chase my kids on the playground. It's like, okay, everybody is wanting more energy. Well, now, now we know about what energy is. So we're moving that through our body. We have the feeling. Okay. So now we first created the thought We caught the egoic thought and we changed it to what we actually want our reality to look like. Let's say we want to lose 100 pounds. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just born this way. I've tried everything. I'm just not meant to have that body, blah, 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 blah. But then one day I catch it. It's like, nope, I am meant to have that body. I know I'm meant to have that body. Now I'm feeling something that like maybe gets a little excited inside. Like now my heart's starting to beat a little bit faster. And I'm like, ooh, okay, that feels good. Well, now it goes down to action okay, that feels good. And I'm going to tap into that good feeling, which is actually kind of like giving me some motivation. So like, I think I'm going to go for a walk right now. I'm going to put my shoes on and go for a walk. That's the action. Well, then your action taken over time creates your reality. So when people ask me about my weight, 
My thoughts controlled my feelings, which controlled the action I took, which controlled now the reality that I have created for myself. So now I'm 130, not that weight really truly matters, but I'm 130 pounds. I have a lot of muscle. I don't still till this day measure my food. I don't, you know, split my gym sessions. I'm not legs, arms, back, buys, no, I literally wake up every single morning and I ask my body, what would feel good today? Two days ago, it was like, it was sitting in the sauna and sweating it out for 50 minutes while I did meditation. That was my workout. Wow. Mild mild intermittent steady state cardio. If you really want to get to the science of what that looked like, (laughs) but that's now I do my body. And sometimes it's like, God, I really feel like I could go for a run. Like I am just like feeling juiced and jazzed. Like, let's just go like pound the pavement and I'll go out and I'll go for a three mile Mm -hmm. run. You know, other days it's like, I really want to be a beast and throw the weights around. Let's go throw on some, you know, rock and roll music or well, my playlist right now, because I am a mother has been Hercules on repeat. So it's been a lot of like zero to hero, (laughs) even though it's one of my jam songs. So that now is what I do. And we learned that. (laughs) in Austin yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly exactly we're the level we we all had to pick a song that made us feel like just like the biggest version of ourselves and I picked zero to hero on the Hercules soundtrack because that song just gets me like rocking so then now it's like Mm -hmm. when it comes to food I know because yes I've created the routines yes I've created the habits but I also know what food makes me feel good what food gives me energy Mm -hmm. And I know that doesn't mean that I'm not going to eat the, you know, I'm, I have a, I'm a sucker for macaroni and cheese. It's, it's been something my entire life. So, and I have a two year old, <laughs> eat a lot of macaroni and cheese in this house. Yes. I buy the most organic one that I can find, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to splurge. And I had macaroni and cheese the other night. Was I mad? Did I feel guilty? Absolutely not. Because when I'm eating it, I'm like, this food is going to nourish my body in the best way. And my body's going to get rid of whatever it doesn't need. I trust my body enough now to know that. And it gives you energy. And it gives me energy and it gives me all the energy. And so that's the part of like understanding the whole full circle connection of how important when you decide that you want to do something or you decide you want to make a change in an area, it literally starts with a thought. And if you don't even know what it is that you want to change, just create the awareness on how you're thinking because awareness is the first step. And when you start to create the awareness, you get to start to separate like, ooh, that's a fear-based thought and that's a thought that gives me energy. What are we going to go for? Well, obviously, we're going to go for the one that gives us the energy because we're human. We want to feel good. We want more energy. We want all the good we want all the good vibes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The high vibrations and all You're those right. things. But understanding yeah. that when I'm not feeling in that, I can become aware of my thoughts. Like, where are my thoughts right now where I don't feel good? Is it a physical ailment? Is it a physical sickness? Like, am I getting sick? Am I, you know, coming on my cycle? Like, what is going on in my body? And then I can decide, you know, especially as a woman, Stephen, I know you're not a female, but we cycle. So men have like one massive cycle, females have two. So we have a yearly cycle and we have the monthly cycle. And so I get to know that when I'm on my monthly cycle, like that's going to be time for me to just kind of zone and chill, like take a nap, take a hot bath, go for a walk, you know, whatever it is. Now I've been doing a little bit more studying in that and I can now push myself a little bit harder and kind of play around with my hormones naturally because I've cultivated my thoughts alone. So that's a little description of, I know I kind of might've went off topic there, but you know me, that's how I roll. So. (laughs) 
No, no, I absolutely love this. So, like, I, I feel like we're bringing so much information that's going to help, like, just change people's perspective on how they can, like, create more energy. Well, not create more energy, more, more or less attract the energy that they want. So, like, you touched upon it before. Like, when when people say they don't have, have enough time, what do you normally say to them? <laughs> time is a concept. Like, when they want to, like, get... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> how many times did we we talk about constructs in, in texas so like what for everyone listening what is a construct <laughs> oh my god which is such a great question actually my husband asked me that question a couple months ago when i was talking about constructs side note like for everybody listening we had a funny like situation where i said construct i think like 50 million times and so we were going to create this construct bowl every time now yes. said construct i'd have to put money into it um, so basically a construct is something of like, like a belief system around something that somebody else like is kind of telling you, oh, see, this is where it gets interesting. That like is, does that make sense? So like yes. when somebody says, I don't have time. Okay. But I were to look at their schedule and every 15 minutes, I'm going to set an alarm and I'm going to ask them what they're doing and were they scrolling on Instagram Were they scrolling on Facebook were they watching Netflix? Were they like sitting, staring out the window, doing nothing? Were they reading a book? Were they having a mindless conversation? Like how much time we actually have in one day is unbelievable. But yet we sit here and we're like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And I tell every single person, actually, like when you start to look at like quantum physics and you start to go into like the deep dive of what is time, you learn time is just something that we created. That's it. That's all it is. It's a human created. It's our own construct we created. <laughs> it's our own construct that we created. And so a construct is basically something that's going to like either push you or deter you from doing the other thing that you really want to do because of a belief system. Okay. So it would be like saying like, good boys don't cry. That's a construct. You know, so all of a sudden now you're 25 years old, you have all of this like emotional tension. Well, maybe it's because at two years old, you were told time and time and time again that you're not allowed to cry because you're a man. Men don't cry. All of a sudden you're 16 and let's say, you know, you had your first girlfriend and that girlfriend broke up with you and now you're heartbroken, but yet your dad is saying, be a man, don't cry. And now you're not allowed. So you stick that emotion in. That's a construct. Okay. And so for me, when it comes to time, it's like, if I ask somebody that I had a couple of clients do it and they're like, Oh my gosh, I have no excuses, Natalie. Like you're so right. And like, and same with me, you know, I don't have like my day completely like structured every 15 minutes. Like, yeah, I have a couple chunks of different tasks and chunks of different productivity things that I'm doing, but I also allow myself time. Like I usually end my workday at three o'clock and I don't have to pick my kiddo up until four 30. I give myself an hour and a half in the afternoon to do I want to take a nap? I'm going to take a nap. Do I want to go for a run? I'm going to go for a run. Do I want to take a hot bath? I take a hot bath. Like I was the one who created that reality in my own life because I was that person that worked, you know, eight, 10, 12 hour days, Monday through Saturday. Sometimes, you know, I did hair for five years when I was in my early twenties. So I've been working nights and weekends, eight, 10 hour days making like the lowest amount of money anybody should be making working that many freaking hours. 
and I'd be working weekends and I would be like living for the nightlife. And it was like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have this. I'm so tired. I mean, I was so overweight and so unhappy. And now I'm sitting here. I'm my own boss. I create my own schedule. I do what I need to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. But that is because I knew in my heart of hearts that that could be my reality, that I did not have to be a quote unquote victim of my quote unquote circumstances. <laughs> and Steven yes. can laugh at me when I say quote unquote because he understands that I personally believe that almost everything in this societal world has become a construct. And that could be anything from like, oh God, I don't know. If you think of one, Steven, like, I'm trying to think. I just, you know, say, <laughs> but it's a construct of just like, like thinking you can't escape the nine to five. That, that, that's a construct. Beautiful. Or is someone telling you that you have to go to a four-year college to be successful? That's a construct. Yes, Nobody's exactly. Nobody's even You're telling right. you that kindergarten has to start at five years old. That's a construct, which might trigger some mm-hmm. people. And so between the oh, I think you're right. And triggers. <laughs> I should have a trigger jar and a construct jar. But ultimately, <laughs> it's anything that it's like that you're told you're supposed to do. Okay. And for me, my whole entire life, I've asked the question why ever since I could talk. Like my parents always like laugh about they're like, Natalie, you were the most annoying little girl because we would tell you to do something and you would ask why come hell or high water, even at 14 years old, even at 18 years old. I had teachers telling me that I was only going to be successful if I went to a four-year school and I would look at them like, ha, why? Because when I look at somebody who just got out of college, like my brothers, who now have loads of debt, who are not making a shitload of money, who are actually very unhappy, who all of these things, like you're telling me that there's, they're, they're going to be more successful than me. And to me, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't sound like truth. You know what I mean? It didn't make sense. It didn't make any sense. At all. I'm like, or I could go to a simple trade school. I could learn a trade and I could start making money within six to nine months. And now I'm making more money than any of my girlfriends who are still in college and still making, you know, three times as much money as they've been out of college for, you know, God, I don't know. How old am I? (laughs) Whatever. Eight years. Well, however long. (laughs) And they're all of a sudden working nine to five, very unhappy. And here I am owning my own business, same age, didn't go to the four-year college, more, you know, more success. It doesn't make me any better or any less than them at all. It just, it means that I took and chose a different path because I went against, it's, I went against the status quo and I've gone against the status quo my entire life. Has it gotten me into some trouble? You bet your bottom dollar it is. But that trouble again (laughs) could be another construct. You know what I'm saying? So, I mm-hmm. mean, it's you're does right. That, does that kind of paint a good picture? Does that make sense when I say it like that? I I think I no, I think I've painted a great picture for everyone okay. who's listening. And if anyone has, ever has any questions about what we're talking about now, you can always reach out to Natalie or myself, right. and we'll right. be more than happy to answer your questions. <laughs> sure, brother, for sure. So, like, Absolutely. right? Uh, it's what we do. We love helping people. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do what we do. I was literally just about to ask you that question. So like what fuels you every single day to go out and just help the next person and just get out of their own way and, and, uh, break their limiting beliefs and live on that edge. Oh, the state of our world, the state of our world and everything that we have gone through, especially in like the rapidness of the last two years, we're divided at the end of the day. 
and everybody is living in fear. And what COVID did not only to my family, but so many others, it ripped them apart because of belief systems, because of constructs, because of triggers. People are no longer able to live and be the way that they want to be. And we now live in a world where if you're this or you're that, it makes you this or that. And it's like, that's bullshit. And I see so many people unhappy and unfulfilled and living life like it's this like, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to pay some taxes, I might take a vacation, and I'm going to do this until I'm like 60, 65, maybe 70. And then maybe I can retire into, you know, maybe a townhouse or something and then I die. Like what? <laughs> no, thank you. And that sounds under- horrible. Horrible. And but I was on that same trajectory. We all have been on that trajectory because that's all we thought. You're right. We ever were supposed to know what's possible. What's possible? I mean, we're seven trillion volts of fucking electricity, brother. We now know anything is possible. But who knew I that? Know, yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> exactly. And so, but my, what breaks my heart is that I was that woman. I was that woman that was overweight with the child, with the husband, with the house, unhappy, wanting and like literally thirsting for more, but I didn't know what that more was. It wasn't more money. It wasn't more things. It wasn't more, you know, external things. I just wanted to feel good. And I was like, why is it so hard to feel so damn good right now? Because I knew that like having stagnant energy of going to a job that just drained me day in and day out, I was like, this is life. Like people, like you guys like want to do this for the next 40, 50 years. Like you're asking me to do this for the next 40, 50 years. Like, fuck no. <laughs> like that not, no, that is not <laughs> fill my cup up. No, yeah. don't get me wrong. Some people might love it. And that is absolutely beautiful. You're right. Okay. There's not like, I don't want people listening to this being like, oh my God, I need to go quit my nine to five job because I'm, or, oh my gosh, I'm bad because I enjoy my nine to five job. Not at all. That's not at all what we're saying. It's when you sit there and you know that you have a desire of more. But the the biggest question that I come to realize is I've like, people don't know who they are. People are no longer like them at the core. And I I mean, this is, they don't know who their identity is, but also they don't know who is underneath the identity. And that's the other piece. Mm. And that's where, you know, a little bit of spirituality comes into play. People ask me, are you religious? Fuck no. (laughs) I'm not religious at all. Okay. (laughs) But there comes a point in time where I had to do a deep dive into my background, how I was raised, what my belief systems were, where I was. And I knew that a lot of, you know, things that were quote unquote taboo or things that were looked down upon or things that were supposedly bad made me actually feel really good. And I was like, but if it makes me feel so good, why do we label it as so bad? You know what I'm saying? And again, this is a dance. This isn't where I'm telling everybody to go out and go and just, you know, like do all these crazy things. It's a dance. But your higher self knows everything that it wants. It's just our ego and our fear that keeps us stuck. And when I drive into, and I live in a tiny ass little town in the country, like, not a lot of people. It takes me an hour to get to like a metropolitan area. I see like 
just people are like just struggling and they're unhappy and they're like, and there's a lot of alcohol in my area. There's a lot of drug abuse in my area. There's a lot of women who don't understand why they're, you know, fearing putting on a shirt that they just bought that they felt so good in, but they can't wear it in town because, oh my gosh, what is people going to like, what are people going to think of me? And people are not able to live in their truth because of the fear of what society is going to think, do, or say. And sometimes that society can be their mother and father. It could be their spouse. It could be their children, which makes it even harder because it's the people that we go to that we think are our biggest love, our biggest support that might be, you know, the one that gave us all of the constructs and triggers, but also understanding that's all that they've ever known. And it goes down that ancestral path. And so women are so fear in fear and in fearful. And I, again, ask the questions why, you know, I, I, as Steven knows, our mentors, there was a day that I even mm-hmm. asked my mentors, yes. like, what is love? And they kind of looked at me. They're like, Natalie, you just get right to the freaking point. I'm like, well, yeah, like we're talking about love, but like, what does, what is love? Like, how do I know that I'm really feeling love? I think I know what love feels like. I think I have an idea, but like, let's talk about it. What is that? What does that actually feel like in the body? And like, what's the description? You know what I mean? And so I've come to realize that we live in a fear-based world and now everybody is glued to a phone or a TV or a tablet. And we are just like these, like, like little zombies moving throughout our lives. And then we get to our deathbed. And usually the biggest regret was that I never fucking lived. I never took the vacation. I never took the trip. I never, you know, went skydiving. I never, you know, I was too afraid of, you know, making sure there was food on my table. And so I gave up this because I didn't believe that I was powerful enough to attract everything that I need in my life. And so we live in this, this construct. It's just one giant ass construct. And I see the hurt and I see the pain. And that is what propels me to do what I do. When a woman comes to me, overweight and sad and tired, I'm like, babe, come here. Like first I'm going to give you a hug. And then I'm going to set the space for you that you understand that I don't even care if you tell me that you've done the worst possible thing. I'm going to love you. And I will never judge you for that because we live in a judgmental world and women and men are so afraid to be able to speak their truth. Like, yeah, I feel this way. Or yeah, I have these thoughts and feelings too. Wait a minute. You do too? Oh my gosh, that actually makes me feel like I'm not alone anymore. And now I feel like I'm being heard. And now I feel like I'm being seen. And by being able to go inside and to break through the constructs and to unpeel the onion and to lift the veil and to show the magic, as Stephen knows is like my favorite thing, the magic that's in this this world that we have inside of us that's in this beautiful, energetic, universal existence that we're here is so powerful and it's available to us at any time. So I'm here to come into this world. And I mean, we're talking big proposals. Like I want to change the globe. There's no reason we should have starving. You are. We all are. We all are. There's no reason we should have starving. We all are. There's no reason we should have human trafficking. There's no reason we should have all of these things because we as a society have created them. And that's a lot. That's a big hard pill for most people to swallow. They'll be like, no, I didn't. Yeah, baby, you did. You did. And once you're aware, you can understand that that's not your fault. It's not your fault. But when you create the awareness and you continue to do it, no, it is your fault. But it's once you lift that veil, you can't continue to put that veil back down. 
Because the scary, yeah, the scary is just scary because of the way society paints it out to be. So ultimately, Stephen, we're here to change the motherfucking world. <laughs> we are. And we are going to do that. And like, how, how incredible did it feel like leaving Austin, like knowing that... Uh, uh, all the shit that was holding us back is was all bullshit and was lies that were told to us as we grew up and just went went about our normal life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Austin was my my second adventure with this group. So I had gone to uh, Mexico yeah. with this group before, and so this time around, like the vibration I was feeling after we got home, I literally was like sobbing, ready to hug my daycare lady and just tell her how much I loved her and how much I appreciated her. Like that was the level of high vibrations we were rolling at. Be- and it, I mean, like, I, I told my husband, I was like, I think I'm on the come down of a natural high because I'm a little bit more tired. I'm a little bit more like, <sighs> finally, but I think that vibration for me lasted like a solid week and a half. And don't, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of resonance in that, but it is like, it was one of those moments where I've never had that kind of an experience where we were in a container of so much freaking love and so much power that we could just be us and there was no judgment and it didn't matter if somebody triggered somebody because you were able to come into a room and talk about it and do the full circle and hug each other at the end. I mean, there was nothing more magical than that experience. And so I'm just like, I rode that high as long as possible. I'm still riding that high. I mean, that can't yeah. leave, you know, that's, that's always going to be in my heart forever. Oh no, same. I couldn't agree more with you. And like, it's all about like keeping that momentum going that we, we were, that we took away from that, you know, and just being able to share with other people, you know, and just keep that going, like I said, and it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I know, I know you have to, you have to jump soon, but one last question. So I wanted to ask you this. So, um, actually two last, two quick questions actually. So what's one quick myth that you want to debunk about people? Well, for people that are, um, afraid to like embrace who their true self is, where can my listeners connect with you online to to see your content absolutely so my instagram is at i am natalie spaith yeah i do also have a free facebook group group where i'll post you know just awesome value i do lives all the time that's called the warrior co and it's not the warrior car it's warrior co period um and what Mm -hmm. one myth (laughs) that's such a loaded question yes (laughs) That at the end of the day, whatever you choose, know that there is nothing wrong or bad with any choice that you want to make in your life, even if it sounds like the craziest thing, because we're told that there's right and wrong and that there's good and bad. And ultimately, there isn't. It's all what we perceive and experience our life to be. So you get to go out and you get to be whoever you feel called to be in any moment, in any day. And there is nothing wrong nor bad about how you decide you want to show up in the world. Because if it makes you vibrate at a high fucking level, then that's all you need to worry about. You're right. And one of the, well, we, we actually, sorry, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing that. And because that really just resonated with me because I remember we had a whole long conversation about that. You did. And also like uh, one of our mentors too mentioned that like you have no obligation to be who you were five minutes ago to anyone. So exactly, I think that's the beauty of it. And you can go out and be whoever you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You want to go out and 
wear a costume walking down a tiny little main street to grab a cup of coffee or a tea bag, baby, you do it. Okay. And just be you. You're right. (laughs) Ultimately you, because there is nothing more important in your life than you. Exactly. And on that note, Natalie, I just want to thank you again for coming on to the podcast today and just speaking some knowledge and just sharing so much value with everyone. Mm, Thank you so much, brother, for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Commercial Free Podcast. If you love this episode, please share it on your Instagram stories with the one takeaway you had and tag me in it at steven.brennan. That is S-T-E-V-E-N dot Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And I look forward to spending time with you in the next podcast. And also don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss another episode.